0: How do you pay, man? Uh, if you don't write checks, how do you pay these
1: guys? Straight cash, homie. Well, alright. Yeah. 10 grand to me? Yeah. You know, ever since my third pro in 1989, when I signed a dotted line, it was strange. Most things change for the better and for the worse. So I called my mama and she said, baby. I see- Welcome back, everyone, to another edition. As a matter of fact, the 20th edition of the Straight Cash Homie podcast. That's uh, very fitting. My name is Neil Rule, local sports broadcaster in the Detroit area, the brains of the operation. He is Cam Evans, purveyor of the Evans Law Group, also an agent with Pivotal Sports Management. And Cam, I love the way, look, when we started the Straight Cash Homie podcast, we lined this whole thing up when the year turned to 2020 we would be doing episode number 20 that's that's great work on our part that's advanced planning and uh, it's, it's great to
0: be in 2020 and it's great to be sitting down again for the uh, the first one here of uh, with a new decade some people will say it's not the new decade but screw it we're here and we
1: got a lot to talk about when a nine turns to a zero it's a new decade in my book that's that's how I go by it. I, it makes all the sense of the world to me, but you know, I'm not <laughs> good with numbers. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope you are because you're the brains of this operation, but uh, I digress. But it is great to have everybody back for the new year here. And it is a new year and lots of things are going to be changing in the sports landscape, especially as it pertains to money and a hot topic that we've discussed a lot here on the Straight Cash Homie podcast. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Straight Cash Homie podcast and you are are in there. But Cam, we, we have this list of, of ongoing topics that we talk about, and, and certainly you brought to my attention a story that was in Sports Illustrated on SI.com, and you know they were talking about five sports business predictions for the 2020s. And and we had this cute little sheet that we had lined up of stuff we were going to talk about. And then today, as a matter of fact, just uh, I would say about an hour ago, uh, some news dropped. Uh, Tua Tavagaloa declared for the NFL draft. Of course, Tua, the A quarterback for Alabama and he said he's taking his talents and he's going to the NFL draft which is you know not I mean it's newsworthy because it's Alabama and he's a great player and and all that stuff but Cam I think as far as we're concerned here the Straight Cash Homie podcast I believe it's newsworthy because as we look forward especially this year will be a big year for the NCAA and this whole NIL name image and likeness you're going to hear that a lot over the course of the next year and I'll put you right on the spot, right as we go into it. For Tua, with this NIL deal, name and image and likeness. Basically, what that is is we have talked about it in the past. Athletes have the right to to sell off their likeness and, and do with it as they see fit. Get commercials just because of who they are and, and those types of things. If Tua was in a spot where the Alabama Chevrolet Dealers Coalition, I'm just making up names, I. Uh, went to Tua and said, hey, $2 million a year, you'll be the face of of the Alabama Chevy Dealers Association. Would Tua be declaring for the NFL draft? And I know you can't, you're not in his head, so you can't. I'm just saying the the best guesstimate that you would have.
0: I don't know whether he would actually do it. I know that the thought process would be um, changed, and that would be a key factor in here is, okay, if I stay, I'm going to be able to put... $2 2 million in my pocket before taxes um, and be able to continue on at Alabama um, and how does that benefit me what are the re- you know what are the what are, what are the risk what's going on with my hip who who knows what's going on health-wise? but you got to assume that he's getting everything else that he's going to be medically cleared um, and he thinks he's going to be a first round pick and not you know f- you know fall off the charts cuz that would not be a wise business decision for him to make um, but it would it's the back end of the process of, you know, you know, you're worried about how they get recruits in, but what do you do once you, you, you have the star there to keep them one more year? And you look at it right now, the motivation down, if you're a, you're a booster for Alabama and you own a business and you can do something with an endorsement deal... And you had a bad year because you didn't make the college football playoff. Um, I mean, that's that's bad stuff in, in Alabama. They're not happy right now. No, and there's not a there's not like a successor in line saying, "Hey, we got somebody next year is going to come in and rock and roll, and we'll be two a two and we're going to be all right." Um, there's concerns. Do we have somebody? Are they going to be able to make it next year? Um, and they don't, you know, they don't want to be. Outside of the college football playoffs. So, you yeah, could somebody step up if they wouldn't have done so already. You get somebody else on the table to be able to come and say, This is it. If you stay, and we've talked about this before, is, you know, now you get into trying to wrap kids up. What happened if he had a deal last year that said, No, you have to stay through your senior year? Um, does that, you know, how much does that tie him? Or does he want to say, forget that, I'll go Sumia? I'm still going to go to the, to the uh, NFL. It, it changes his decision. It changes the decision that is being made by um, a good percentage of the players who have declared early for the
1: NFL. Because why are they declaring early for the NFL? For the Green. I mean, why, Cam, and I've always boiled this down, and you guys, if you listen to episode number one to hear episode number 20 of the Straight Cash Homie podcast, my my resolve, if it were my son, if it were either of my sons, I would say, why play for free when you can get paid? You're going to play. Why play for free when you can get paid? yeah and then
0: and that becomes an issue especially with with football you 're going to have loss of value insurance you're going to have all this other stuff, but you 're playing a dangerous game for free it, 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 well with i won 't say for free because they are getting compensation. You and I will disagree about yes, this we will. but they are getting financial benefits that a lot of people in this world would really really give an arm and a leg for they 're getting the potential for a free college education they are getting you know. If you just happen to be an Ohio State Buckeye, and Le- you know LeBron James wants to, you know, give everybody in the football team new beats, you know that's okay. That's not a violation or anything. So they get perks. I think it's been disproportionate because of the floodgates that have opened for the money coming into the NCAA because of TV contracts and how that's going to go, and so they're no longer getting from the public's perception, a fair share of what they are producing. Uh, but but they are putting it at risk, especially in football, from one injury away from having a potential multi-million dollar earning potential in the NFL to having something far less and where the pros and the cons, and you're going to go do this. Now, maybe that changes if somebody's going to come up and these guys are going to start putting meaningful money in their pocket, but um, then as soon as we you know, I said, you know, this is a concern the NCAA has, I think is a legitimate concern, is that if you're going to have a legalized vehicle that's going to allow outside entities to start to pay players, is that you now have people there who have... Not good intentions to be able to pay players and have it disguised as a legitimate name, image, and likeness. I mean, who who who's going to sit there and say what's market value for somebody?
1: Well, and that, and that's the thing is th- that doesn't exist in the business world. I mean, market value is market value. It, it's your only worth, or a property is only worth, or a car is only worth, or a gallon of milk is only worth what somebody's willing to pay for it. That's that's what it's worth. And, you know, those questions, they always answer themselves. That's economics. And I'm not even a math guy. But (laughs) economics, I know where I do a job, I get my paycheck for it. If I don't feel the paycheck is enough... I go to a different employer or I go do something else. I mean, that's that's the nature of the beast. And, and you bring up that question because the NCAA, through all of this, Cam, as, as we look ahead here on the Straight Cash Homie podcast, episode number 20, he is Cam Evans. My name is Neil Rule. Happy to have you with us. But as we look ahead, the NCAA, in pretty short order, and, and you and I were talking about this before we went on the air, they're already putting these these wheels in motion as to what things are going to look like. And you were, you were bringing light to me to the fact that this is something that they're even looking to have, a, I guess, a rush, rough draft of by the end of January. I mean, things have to move quickly here.
0: Well, they have to move quickly right now because the way the Florida bill is 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 set is that that's going to probably go into effect in April and then 90 days after that college students in Florida under the Florida law can go and sign endorsement deals, um, and not lose their eligibility. And then you could be in for a court fight. I think the state of Florida loses that court fight, but the NCAA doesn't want to be in that optics. Um, and they need to get ahead of this. Um, and so they've met with, you know, um, Mitt Romney, senator from Utah. Um, Chris Murphy, a Democrat from, senator from Connecticut who's formed a little internal Senate working committee. Um, Mark Emmert, the um, president of the NCAA, met with them in December. um, Trying to now, after 100 years of trying to keep the NCAA out out of the, or the Congress out of the NCAA, the NCAA is going to Congress saying, help us out um, and find something here. The NCAA National Convention starts January 22nd. Um, Emmert has said that there's a working group of presidents um, who are going to put quote unquote some framework on the table shortly before that convention. Who knows what the framework is? It's Certainly not going to be a proposal of any I think any detail. But they're trying to just keep the status quo for as long as possible um, until that they think they they have a solution that's going to benefit them. And they got a lot to deal with because they they've kept up this image that. It is a student athlete. Well, for the athletes, the college athletes that bring in the money, for the most part, they're not really student athletes. You got the small percentage who are there simply to stay eligible um, and go because their career is in professional athletics. Right? right, right. You know, you could have careers. I'm going to be an engineer. I'm going to be a teacher. I, you know, I'm going to be a nurse. I'm going to be a computer scientist. Whatever it is, I'm going to be a physicist. Great, that's what your career is going to be. These people are going to college because their game plan is: I'm going to be a professional athlete, and I have to stop here. I can't go and get my 200 bucks for passing go unless I pass go. So I have to do this. Um, and so you you have this situation that the perception is: well, it's not really a student athlete. It has changed. And now the NCAA is trying to thread a moving needle to say, yeah, we're going to allow some type of payment for name, image, and likeness. And it becomes really difficult if you're going to, you know, if they're not unionized. They'll never be unionized voluntarily. They're going to fight it. They're not going to be ever deemed employees. So that kind of takes, how do you deal with, you know, group marketing? You know, all the sports have group marketing. Get five or more players in something. You guys are able to split that and everything else. But that's all in unionized settings. So the NCAA has got a really tough time and they have, um, you know, they're getting the, the smoke is is on their tail, so to speak, because they, you have in 2020 name image likeness legislation that's going to go into effect in some very prominent states. And I really think they, they want to avoid, um, again, for optic purposes, going into court and getting a court to say, Florida, you can't do this. California, you can't do this. Um, even though I think the NCAA has got the best argument there, but I think that creates a huge pushback from society against the NCAA and actually may give them less leverage ultimately in how they're going to try to resolve this.
1: Well, then I would propose to you, Cam, they will probably, at least I would assume they would go about it then the way that businesses, corporations go about it then. You don't do it overtly like that you do it you know kind of on the out on the back porch I guess you would say in in terms of politicians and you know, that's where lobbying comes in let's just call it what it is that's where lobbying comes into play I mean the same way that you know the uh, you, you see you see these uh, document document uh, documentaries made about you know corporations and backdoor dealings and all that stuff I mean not to implicate them with what those corporations have been doing or have done in the past i'm just saying there is there is a tie there i mean this you're talking about lobbying you're talking about buying legislation, I guess you would say. Uh,
0: well, I mean, that's with the lobbying. People will say it's buying legislation. It's pers- persuading legislation. Money gets you access. There's no doubt about that. But I think, you know, as a last resort, the NCAA would probably look to Congress to say, we want to work with you. We want to help write the legislation um, that you hope that will get introduced and passed that preempts all the state laws and say, we're going to have one uniform law that governs College athletes' ability to monetize their name, image, and likeness without jeopardizing their amateurism. And it seems like that that is going to be the best solution for the NCAA if they can do it because they can say, hey, Congress acted. We can't change that. It takes all the states off the table because the states can't have different rules. And it's going to be obviously something the NCAA could live with because they're going to have their hands in the process of drafting that legislation. Um, And it's going to be the exact opposite of what you're going to see in sports betting, where there is no federal legislation right now governing sports betting. So you see every state doing it differently. And so we're going to have... That is I think it 's really kind of cool, you know, each end of the spectrum <laughs> is that the money that 's going to go to bet on college sports is done on a state by state basis because Congress has not yet stepped back in after the uh, Supreme Court declared unconstitutional the original federal legislation, and then you 're going to have you know I think most likely the Congress is you know, will come together and pass something that the NCAA can stomach. That they can still go out and have the image or sleep well at night. That quote unquote, these athletes are not employees; Um, they are student athletes first and foremost, Um, and keep that public perception going because it differentiates from professional sports, you know. And they and they running into issues. I mean, you you know you look at um, you know Joe Burrow, um, you know LSU quarterback, Um, he. Never attended a class in person at LSU physically. They were all online. He did all online. Um, Justin Fields at Ohio State, all online. Is what is reported when one of the bylaws of the NCAA, one of their founding purposes is that you're supposed to try to integrate the student athlete into student life.
1: Well, that's not really happening right now. With well, And society has changed. I mean, that that to some degree, I think that's an unrealistic expectation. I mean, you you look at the level of of celebrity like when Zion Williamson's in college, he gets into college with over one million Instagram followers. That's not real life. That's not uh, general student population. That's not something that I think you can realistically expect. Zion Williamson or Joe Burrow, the Heisman winner, you can't expect that of them. It's different. It, it is different. I don't know. I mean, it, but it
0: goes to what is the NCAA trying to do? If the NCAA is part of their goal is trying to incorporate the athletes into student life, you know, that's part of what they say their mission is. Now, does that mission have to change a little bit? Because no, no. Because times have changed. Because times have changed. And times have changed. So hence, you need to be looking at how do you allow somebody with a million social media followers as an 18-year-old high school kid who can go and leverage that. Think what you can do in your social media accounts. Right. What are you going to go – what products are you going to go and endorse? You're going to go get paid because you, because of your talents and because you have done – you have done either the right things I think the better way to look at it is that you you haven't been caught doing anything wrong that <laughs> sure well which harms your ability to be an endorser right you've sure. seen people lose endorsement deals because of what they said or the conduct they've been accused of or actually involved in so you haven't uh, you know somebody who's gone through high school who see Antonio Brown.
1: Well, yeah. You can go back through the episodes. By the way, we yeah. we address the Antonio Brown situation. Absolutely, that, that,
0: that's that's a great thing. You look at it, but you, you, so he's going into college. He's got a million subscribers. What is that worth to somebody? You know, it is it's worth a lot. I mean, what's Tua's? What is Tua worth on the market to, for an Alabama football supporter booster? to say we want to we want to give you an endorsement deal. And there's
1: a myriad of factors that go to that. Okay, so you say and that's a, that's a broad question. That's a huge question to wrap your head around. And then I'll segment it to that. And you bring up an Alabama booster. Well, there's a the monetary gain Right? And and but not everything is monetary. Not everything is monetarily driven. There's an awareness thing which could lead to future monetary gain. And you know what else there is, Cam? There's the juice. When you walk in the golf club with your buddies, or you walk in, you know, you walk in the bar and you buy a round of drinks and you you turn the game on TV and you say two is there at Alabama because of me. Well, yeah, and, you would... and, and that plays into it too. Don't think it doesn't. Well, yeah, but you wouldn't be buying the
0: round of drinks, Somebody we'd be well... buying you the round of <laughs> drinks. But no, absolutely. It gives you the access, it gives you the notoriety, it gives you the juice. Around it. Yeah. it makes you feel good. Here I am. And all you got to do is go back to like the 1970s in Oklahoma and see that, you know, SMU, just yeah. kids getting popped because they were, you know, driving cars. They should not be driving. Well, here we're going to be, we'll give you the car uh, as part of the endorsement deal. This is why I think, you know, there's no way that the NCAA can effectively operate if you have 50 different rules in 50 different states. I think that's a practicality. So it is incumbent upon the NCAA to go find a solution that um, makes those states back off. So it's either we're going to come out with our own, which I don't think, because state legislatures they 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 have egos and they want to say that we did this and. You know, we can hang with
1: people and everything else. And but that's constituents think, they have to answer to and say, Look, we did the right thing in this situation and
0: Right. Uh, and then then you're gonna go back to, you know,
1: Congress steps in. And I think that's ultimately what's gonna
0: happen in twenty twenty is that Congress is going to step in and create some type of um Statute. I have no clue what it's going to look like that is going to address name, image, and likeness. And it's going to preempt all of these state laws. And we'll be talking about all this time. We've talked about state laws that will never go into effect. And it could be something that's not very helpful to the players. It could be very limited name, image, and likeness. Um and, uh, and, and it may prevent, practically speaking, you know, you are ever getting, you know, the NCAA video games back out. You know, you don't know
1: what's going to be, but I think, Congress, which is all my son cares about. I'm going to level with you. Oh, he, he was a, he, he still, he played last night, he was playing NCAA football 13. <sighs> you know, my son's the same. He's just like, when's it
0: happening? All I want to do, I want to be able to, you know, reenact the clumsy Ohio State
1: game <laughs> as he watched his beloved Buckeyes <laughs> fall. I, I do, I do have, I do have news to report on you in that front. So Speaking of that, yesterday my my other son was playing Madden 20, and part of the career mode, you could go to college and you play in the National College Football Playoff, which was all licensed. Uh, it took place in Levi Stadium on the video game. The likeness of the of the universities were in there. Totally fictional numbers, though. There was no likeness of of quarterbacks or quarterback rankings or anything like that. Totally fictional. Fictional. Except for you know the Levi Stadium and the branding of the National College Football Playoff and all that stuff, all that stuff was legitimate, which I thought was pretty funny. You're listening to episode number twenty here for twenty twenty of the Straight Cash Homie podcast. He is Cameron Evans, purveyor of the Evans Law Group, also an agent and pivotal sports management. My name is Neil Rule, local sports broadcaster here in the Detroit area. If you like what you're hearing, click subscribe. Got a few more minutes left of this episode. As we talked about episode number twenty, we're talking name, image, and likeness. The NCAA. and and really the changes that we will see in 2020, a new year, and uh, lots of stuff to deal with for the NCAA. There's no question about it. And Cam, the things that you laid out, and all very valid uh, concerns if you're the NCAA, uh, very, very valid concerns. Where I, I guess you would say, how will things change? And when I say, how will things change, water always finds its level. It always goes to the spot where it's supposed to go. And I'm looking ahead to what professional sports organizations are doing. And one of the hot topics is the G League of the NBA. And the NBA, this you know, if you've listened to the Straight Cash Homie podcast, you know we have, we have talked about and sang the praises of the National Basketball Association. and Adam Silver, maybe the most forward-thinking commissioner in all of sports. He has been on top of the gambling. They've been on top of the, of the likeness and in, in Seeing down the road, what they could do as far as the G League gets concerned, sponsorships, sponsorships. Yeah, I mean they've 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 done it all. They have absolutely done it all. The uh, the Asian markets as well, the success that they've had over in China. But this, I, I think this creates an um, opportunity. I, I guess is is the right word as we see the way things shake out. But the G League now, I think, becomes more of a player than it ever has. And I know that today in 2020, even 2021, probably 2022, and the immediate future, Joe sports fan would listen to this and say, oh, you're crazy. The NCAA NCAA basketball is not going anywhere. The tournament's not going anywhere. It's too big of a machine. But I would propose this, and it might not be in the next two or three years, but I do see it somewhere down the road. I think Adam Silver and and the people at the NBA even see it down the road. The G League will become a factor because now if you're a player – and you 're just concerned about making your money you can you can go ahead go to the g league they 're stepping up the salaries uh, in that league and you have your full control of your name your image your likeness you can do what you want I think once one domino falls we 'll see a lot of dominoes fall in that respect you could and this is a pressure
0: point for the NCAA as I say trying to thread that moving needle because what what 's right because I think the g league presents the greatest risk to the NCAA from the standpoint of losing star um, athletes because you know, college, it's one and done. Yeah, that's what you're looking at for most of these elite high school players. And, and
1: it is changing down the road where the high school players will be able to to go to the NBA, but that is a couple of years off right now.
0: It, it's a couple of years, and, and, and maybe they don't go. Maybe if they have the success of plucking off um, a few of the elite players to go right from high school to the G League, Maybe that satisfies the NBA and they're not, and they're like, okay, as we get these and we can still make money off them. And everything else as a G League player and market them. Um, maybe there'll be some pushback, and maybe they'll say, hey, "Okay, we don't want to go after the high schools anymore and have them draft eligible." Um, but the reality is, is in addition to the increased pay, um, you got the NBA Players Associations that has expressed an interest in representing the G League players. Um, you have a the stigma of being a what. D-League in the old days, the Development League, the stigma that was there five to ten years ago of, oh, you're sent to the D-League for, let's say, a first-round pick, it's not there anymore. Right. It is very you can go and we can have you can still get paid and it's viewed as some place that is actually developmental. It is helping people become far better professional basketball players, learning how to play the professional game and you see this translate then into success on the court when they're called back up to the to to the NBA team. You got the ability to have two-way contracts. But it's lost that stigma. It's gotten credibility cuz I think Adam Silver and, and how this works and, and, and you know, the, how the G League is developing and maturing, that it is it is has this thing of being a viable option. Now, if you're a high schooler and you're like, well, I don't really want to go to college for a year. I want to do, do this and say that the NCAA, whatever the solution is, is I cannot reap the benefit of my name, image and likeness to the extent I can if I go to the G League. Say, Zion Williamson, $1 million. Do- I don't want to go to Duke. I'll go play down in the Rio Grande. I know it's going to be a bad – it's going to be a tough year. But I'll be all right because I'm making an endorsement deal. Jordan could sign him. Right. You know? I mean, you just think about it. Okay, yeah, it's, it, I might be making you know, $125,000 a year if I'm an elite player. So you get that select, few select contracts that are available uh, in the G League format. But they, they get the million-dollar endorsement deals. Um, or you sit there and you got people – or who are paying them endorsement monies because of what they're going to do a year later when they're draft eligible? Um, and now you're going to say, "Oh, hey, let's start f- having these elite players." Guess what's going to go up? Viewership.
1: Maybe just for their games. But guess who's going to be covering them in the G League? ESPN. The mainstream media. It, 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 we'll see it turn to the way high school games are now. Right. With ESPN and the coverage. Because right. where's G League put through right now? You got Facebook Live. You got Twitch.
0: You get NBA TV, so they'll be showing more and more highlights. And you get ESPN Plus and ESPNU. You don't think that's going to be sitting there trying to be part of SportsCenter? Let's talk about Zion Williamson if he was playing for Rio Grande. I mean, and they got 28 teams. They've
1: approved a 29th team in Mexico City. Let's kind of see where this is going. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's all it's, part of a plan. I mean, there's one thing you can't say about the NBA. It's that they don't have a plan, and then they work their plan. Yeah. They, they execute their plan. And it's not a plan for
0: 2020. No. This is a plan for 2025, 2030. And they, I think, have the ability, and part of it is because it is a sport where you can go from high school to the pros and succeed. Or with one year. You know, that's not happening in football. No. No you know who what, Trevor Lawrence maybe he still needs to mature i mean you think about just the physical pounding that the nfl takes on people i mean those guys
1: are beasts and and, and and in the nba it's, it's it's different and it's the and it's a money making sport right and and i think it's interesting what you brought up about the stigma with the g league now even locally here in the detroit area you look at you look at sekou Dimbouye, who is, is now starting for the detroit pistons began the year in the G League, and in his last three games, has gone up against Kawhi Leonard, Draymond Green, and LeBron James, and scored in double figures every single game. This is this was a he was an 18 year old kid from France, and came up quickly in the G League and, and the G League did exactly the Grand Rapids Drive did exactly what the Pistons organization was, was looking for you know I know he's scoring double figures against all these guys in the league and and you're, you're it, these stories give it credibility right because it's working it is improving
0: players it's like this is a the NBA game is a different game you're going to play against high quality not NBA caliber but high quality pros pros in an NBA system This is how the NBA game is played, boys, and you better learn it. It's not what you do in Europe. It's not what you do in the NCAA. It is a different beast. Rules are different. The flow is different. The athleticism is different, Um, and so you got to go do it. And Would he have developed better there for three months to begin the year or sitting on the end of the bench playing mop-up minutes or not being as ready as he is and trying to go out there and just – you know, falling on it flat in his face. So you look at it. You you look at you know you know again another local story, but it's a national story. You know, Kendrick Nunn of the Miami Heat. Right. He spent a year Golden State uh, G League team affiliate in Santa Cruz, and he, in the large part. People say that year there allowed him to learn and hone his skills and what it needs to be to be in the NBA game. NBA game. It's, diff- it's like going to Europe. Guess what? Europe's different than the NBA. Right. It's a diff- it's a, and you have to learn how to do it. You have to play within the rules. You know how to exploit the rules. You need to know how is the NBA game, how do you succeed in it? All right? And so he had that year to go do it, and he took full advantage of it. And there's a lot of people. You, know, you got 300 players in the in the G League. How many of them are going to end up in the NBA? Few. But it allows for this thing, and I think, I think it's the credibility, the viability in the perception of the players. And that is key because they are now buying in saying, this is a legitimate shot for me to go and develop and get my crack to get to the NCAA, or the uh, NBA.
1: You're legitimate, Cam. I don't know about that. <laughs> I like that. I'll take that. Yeah, absolutely. But I uh, certainly do appreciate your time, as always, my friend. And, you know, Super Bowl's coming up and uh some breaking news for me i will be in las vegas for the super bowl with with some of my friends so i'll report back with uh you know all the fun and frivolity that that everyone has had and, and you know, see see what the vibe is as as we monitor the whole sports betting situation and you know the the attitude. And I'll talk to some folks when I'm out there, and kind of get their uh, get their take on it. You know, people that that work there, and and I'm curious to see how the crowds are, and you know that that type of thing. You know, if, if it's if it's up on the level it has been in the past, I'll, I'll report back to you.
0: Yeah, you know, here's your assignment. So when you're when wherever you're going to be hanging out for in the, whatever sport betting place you're going to be hanging out watching. Mm-hmm. I want you to go and I want you to find as many people from the state of Michigan as you can and ask them the following question. In 2021 when you can go down to the city of Detroit or any of the tribal casinos and place your bets, would you be here? Would today? you would you be in Vegas or are you going to stay in in michigan um and it'll be it'd be interesting to see what people are going to be doing um even though it's february in michigan so it's a great time for people who want a little bit of warm weather to,
1: to head out there but, the yeah, but sac- it's not that warm though like everyone talks like it's 80 degrees it's not it's only it's only in the 50s or 60s man will you see more sun out there than you see in michigan in early february
0: <laughs> yeah, is it going to yes. be warmer yes all right check yes. check and then and, and, and then and then move on but the sacrifices you make for this podcast to go to vegas Right. It is crowded and on my, nasty. On my
1: own dime, there. You know, yeah, just in the name of show research, I I I'll collect all my receipts though, Cam, from all the revenue that the uh, Straight Cash Homie podcast brings in. That's why we
0: need everybody who's listening to this to rate, review, and subscribe. So we got a little bit of a budget going forward.
1: My man, <laughs> there he is, Cam Evans. I just I put it on the tee. He knocks it out of the park every single time. Good to be with you again, my friend. Thank you, Neil. Absolutely. And remember, as he said, rate, subscribe, all of it to the Straight Cash Homie podcast. Just search Straight Cash Homie podcast. Click subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud and you are in there. We'll have our annual Super Bowl show uh, coming up in just a little bit, so make sure you stay tuned for that. For Cam Evans, my name is Neil Rule. Thank you for listening. Straight Cam.